It's Thursday and time for the Lisa Lewis Show. Imagine that you're at a seminar or conference and you find out the person sitting next to you is the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. What questions do you want to ask? What key strategies are you looking for in order to take your business or career to the next level? That's what you'll discover on today's Lisa Lewis Show. Heard every Thursday at the same time on the TogiNet Radio Network. Now with today's show, here is your host, Lisa Lewis. Rise and shine, all of my movers and influencers. Today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show, and I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. We are so very thankful to have you join us each and every Thursday exclusively on TogiNet Radio. Well, we have another good one for you today. The topic for this downloadable Apple podcast is titled, How to Optimize a Startup. And that is um, something that was always so interesting to me because I always knew that I wanted to get into entrepreneurship. It just took me a lot longer than I wanted to. (laughs) It would have been great if I could have started straight out of uh, school, right, university. But uh, here we are today, and so it is still a phenomenal feeling for me to get up every day and know that I get to direct my own days and um, that I have also, I also get to, when I do my events and things like that, I get to employ people, and that gives me a great feeling, too, that I'm giving back and adding to, um, you know, um, uh, community, uh, to society as a whole. So that makes me feel good, too. So um, hopefully what we go over today in this podcast over the next hour with you will be something of interest to you that will bring value and substance to you and also that you may be able to glean at least one thing that you can go and start up a business with uh, today. You know, there's no time like the present time, right? We're always waiting for that next best thing, right? Or you know, I'll do this when I'll wear that, you know, dress when I lose weight, just wear it now. Just if it is, if it's in your size, get it, you know, I'll eat, you know, whatever the, that is, you know, I'll buy, um, um, or I'll have a piece of cake, you know, when I do this or when I lose weight, have the piece of cake. Life is super short and we just never know. So what I'm saying is just live and optimize the best of each day that you are given. So without further ado, let's dive in, shall we, and talk about the topic of the hour. And uh, everything that we're going to go over today is either something, I, like I said, I've researched, I've studied, I've talked to other people, I've done myself. It's a combination of all of those things, right? We live and hopefully we learn and grow and continue. And then we you know, we um, share it with all those who are around us. So I also am so thankful that I get to do this each and every week with you all. And um, I look forward to doing it for many more years to come. So without further ado, let's get started on why um, startups need SEO which is um, a search engine optimization link building. The internet has fueled an almost exponential uh, growth in startups. Industries worldwide see a total 
of about 50 million new startups per year. Now, the only question is, how am I or you going to make visibility to add to your startup? Well, from biotechnology to social media, each year it sees a staggering number of new businesses. Each one struggles to get its operations off the ground to profitability. A few get lucky by landing a generous venture capitalist who is willing to shell out millions of dollars for their growth. Not all startups get lucky, obviously. Some fold after months of fighting to break even. Others pump thousands, even millions of dollars of their own funds into the new venture. But a few startups quietly rake in profits from the, le- from the get-go, even without the help of angel investors. These winners often take advantage of a factor the others fail to fully utilize, which is search engine optimization. Experts disagree about whether startups need SEO or not. Some contend that all a startup needs are brilliant ideas and access to VC funding, which is what happened in the case of Facebook and Twitter. But if luck isn't on your side and no investor is behind your story, SEO can be a solid bet for several great reasons. Number one, most online experiences begin with a search. About 93% of all online experiences start with a search. That's an astounding figure given the fact that at any moment in time, hundreds of millions of people are online. Most rely on search engines more than social media recommendations when they look for products or services. The subjects of searches range from plumbing to roofing to healthcare and cosmetic surgery. If your startup isn't optimized for search, chances are your customers will end up finding your competitors instead. Number two, SEO provides proof of sustainability. If you are running a startup and looking for a significant amount of funds to expand your business, it's just not enough to have brilliant ideas on your side. One of the first things investors look for are proofs of sustainability. How visible is your site during searches? How much traffic does your business attract on a monthly basis? How many of your visitors convert into leads? What amount of link building have you engaged in? Has your link building been white hat? While investors may not ask you these questions directly, when you can show them the numbers, you will start from a position of tremendous confidence and impress your audience. Proper SEO helps ensure that a significant number of highly targeted people will visit your site on a monthly basis and many of them will likely be converted into paying customers. Number three, marketing intelligence. Marketing intelligence used to be a highly expensive proposition, used to be, I'm sorry. Mega corporations spend billions of dollars a year to find out what the market wants. With SEO, you will have an extremely affordable method of sussing out the market. You will gain access to what your target audience is specifically searching for, 
how many people are looking for the products you are offering, and what language they use to find your business. You may also gain information on factors driving people toward your business that you might not even have considered. Number four, cost-effective lead generation. Developing leads to whom you can steadily market your products and services can also be extremely costly. With the advent of SEO, however, getting your products right into the faces of your target customers has become remarkably reasonable. But reasonable SEO is not always advised. The rise of social SEO has made it even easier to get the word out about your business at an even faster rate. Number five, SEO lets startups build a solid search engine reputation. SEO can not only push startups to the top of searches, it also provides them with an effective way to build a solid reputation online. In the cutthroat world of internet marketing, competitors sometimes generate damaging reviews about a business. With proper SEO and link building strategies, you can dominate the search engines with your own content and direct your target audience to favorable reviews when they search for you and for your business. Number six, SEO helps you expand your niches. By properly researching your market, using SEO tools and strategies, you could identify niches related to your business that no other companies have yet explored. You can also dominate your local market by identifying your business with local attributes. Now, we're going to talk about phase one, which is um, um, uh, build a foundation. Before you go off trying to get media exposure for your company, you need to build a solid foundation, meaning you have to develop your brand and your online presence to a sufficient degree in order to support your media efforts. Why, you may ask? For starters, media outlets need a reason to feature you. If you don't even have a website or a fleshed-out brand, they'll be unlikely to cover your story. Even if they did, where would all your newfound visitors and brand enthusiasts go? There would be no website or base of operations to which you could funnel them. The strength of your foundation will dictate your ease of entry into the media world and help you realize the benefits of your efforts. Next, telling your brand story. First, you need to have a grasp of your brand story, which many media sources will use to judge the strength of your potential coverage. Journalists are incentivized to write stories that people want to read. So, is your brand exciting? Is it relevant? Is it different? There are, these are the qualities that will let them know, one, your mission and vision. First, your company mission and vision will need to be in line. This is more than just what you do as a company. For example, your company mission can't be to sell an effective time tracking platform. Instead, explain what you're doing on a broad 
scale and a short version of why and how you're doing it. If you need some inspiration, then you can take a look at the different mission statements of Fortune 500 companies. You'll also want to come up with a vision. What does the future of your company look like? How do you anticipate growing over the next few years? This is important information for journalists as well as readers to know. So thank you so much for joining us on the Lisa Lewis Show. And on the other side of our short commercial break, we'll come back and talk about more of how to optimize a startup. make gladden girls but they seem to burden guys that's what a recent study by live science says women respond with happy gratitude when they receive a present but when a man unwraps a gift he immediately feels a sense of obligation to the giver even those women who really don't like getting presents are pretty good at faking a smile what do you call a person who fakes a smile an exodesiast according to psychologists men tend to keep mental notes of what they got from whom and check it against their own generosity. Women, on the other hand, take gift-giving much less seriously. I guess ever since Eve gave Adam the apple, there's been trouble between sexes about gifts. Have you ever unwrapped a G-Food Jet? That's another name for any gift you'd just rather put in the garbage. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Welcome back, all of my movers and influencers. Today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show, and I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. We are so very thankful to have you join us each and every Thursday exclusively on TogiNet Radio. Well, we have another good one for you today. The topic for this downloadable Apple podcast is titled, How to Optimize a Startup. And before the commercial break, we were um, going into telling your brand story and uh, also um, recognizing the strength of your foundation will dictate your ease of entry into the media world. 
And uh, we were saying that some of the qualities that will let them know if your brand is exciting, if it's relevant, if it's different. First up, we talked about mission and vision, right? And we were saying, um, uh, how do you anticipate growing over the next few years? Uh, what is the future of your company and what does that look like? So if you want to get um, the attention of your readers, as well as journalists and potential customers, we went over the history, right? Uh, right before the break. And we talked a little bit, bit about um, uh, as a startup, you aren't going to have much history, but you can tell a story about how your business came to be. Major brands with an extended life like Nestle are able to use this to their advantage, showcasing how they've evolved over the decades. You won't have this advantage, but you have an even better one to make up for it, personal involvement. Talk about how your startup came to be on a personal level. For example, did the idea come to you in a flash of inspiration? Have you been working out of your garage for the past year? These are interesting tidbits that can hook people. Now, differentiating factors. In some ways, your mission, vision, and history will distinguish you from the other major players in the market. But you'll still need to find a solid angle for differentiation. <laughs> Say that twice. Competition is fierce in the startup world, and there are likely at least several other businesses doing what you do. Why would a press outlet cover you, um, yet another uh, SAS uh, tap, uh, tool? I'm sorry. That's your job to find out and make the case for. If you have a unique value proposition, better known as UVP, which you should, you can start there. What can you offer that none of your competitors can? From there, look internally. How is your business structured differently? How do you treat your workers differently? Find more ways to stand out, even if it's somewhat superficial. Next, we'll talk about public appeal. Think carefully about how you might appeal to the public as a brand. And this goes deeper than simply how you're going to sell to your audience. This is about how a news article is going to angle your brand or how your media outlet of choice is going to generate interest in your feature. For example, Google is appealing on a product level because it helps you find what you're looking for online. But on a brand level, it's appealing because of the way it treats its workers. Next, we'll talk about significant events. This goes along with the history element of your business but try to stake out landmark events in your company's past or significant events you hope to achieve in the future. In the past, these will serve as antidotes and touch points for your media stories to develop. In the future, these will serve as potential opportunities for coverage. For a startup, this often means getting acquired, going public, or otherwise making your success. Now we're going to talk a little bit about website and landing pages as destinations. Once your brand or story 
is developed, your next biggest concern should be where your readers are going to go once they've read about you in a media piece. Surely, you'll receive some referral traffic, but how you handle that referral traffic can make or break its value. For most startups, this will be your main website, but you might also create specific landing pages as destinations or target specific internal pages. In any case, your design and copy need to be tight. They need to accurately portray your brand for an unfamiliar public and appeal to them with new angles and extended descriptions. Remember that your media coverage will likely only skim the surface of who you are and what you do. You'll also need to focus on your conversion strategy, which is going to help you turn these barely familiar web visitors into leads or customers. For this, you'll either need to point your visitors in the direction of your products or services pages through use of your web design or else present them with sign-up opportunities throughout the site. Run some A-B tests to optimize your conversion efforts before you start seeking media coverage. Otherwise, that traffic could go to waste. So that's so important. And so let's just stop right there. And this gives me an opportunity to let you know about my uh, two website pages that I have. Um, if you'd like to learn more about me and what I've done in the past and what I can do now for your company, then you can head over to lisalewiscompany.com. Also, if you love the skin you're in and you want products to help uh, promote uh, healthy skin, then you can go over to marykay.com forward slash Lisa Lewis. Those are my two websites. So now let's talk about um, company blogs. Before you get involved, in any media interactions, you should have a blog in place on your website, complete with many posts that show off your thought, leadership, and expertise. There are three main reasons for this. First up, authority and establishment. First, your blog is going to be one of the first places a prospective journalist will look when surveying your brand for potential coverage. Here, they'll form an impression of your authority credibility, and how long you've been around. If you don't have a blog or if it's empty or full of weak content, your brand may come off as amateurish and compromising your chances of getting covered. Next, visitor retention and conversion. A strong company blog is also important for keeping new web visitors interested and moving them closer to a conversion. Again, this is an effort to maximize the value of each new customer or visitor you earn through your media relations. And next up is cooperative potential. Finally, there's the potential to interlink your on-site content strategy with your off-site media development efforts. Without a blog foundation, this becomes considerably more difficult. More on this, um, we'll, we'll talk more on this in the future. So start a blog, uh, starting a blog demands a heavy upfront investment as it's not something you can gloss over, but it's worth it if you want your media campaign 
to make a bigger impact. So if you need help starting or feeding a blog, then just go to, uh, you can always uh, Google how to promote your online content for maximum impact. And that will be quite useful for you. Now we're going to talk a little bit about personal brand. You'll also want to consider creating or utilizing a personal brand rather than just a corporate brand when trying to promote your business. Essentially, a personal brand works just like a corporate brand, except for you as an entrepreneur. You'll create an identity standard for yourself, build recognition and popularity, then reap the benefits by using your personal brand to also promote your company. There are a handful of advantages here for media relations. First, people tend to like stories about other people more than stories about brands or companies. As the leader of your startup, you'll serve as a figurehead for your company, representing both the business and the personal side of things. You'll have an easier time working with journalists since you'll be able to form a more personal connection and you'll seem less self-promotional since the corporate branding takes on a secondary role. It's also worth noting that any media exposure you get as a personal brand will last longer than your startup, extending beyond the context of any one business. So if you plan on starting multiple businesses, including perhaps starting your own SEO business, this is crucial. Take a look at how Elon Musk has developed his own personal brand. He has his own section on popular mechanics as well as entrepreneur.com. And his name is recognized more than any of his individual companies. You probably won't achieve this level of fame, but your, ben but your benefits will be similar. Next, we're going to talk about social media following. For both your corporate brand as well as your personal brand, you'll want to start building a bigger social media following. You can do this by promoting your on-site content, sharing the work of others, engaging in conversations relevant to your business, and reaching out to individuals who might be interested in your work. A bigger, more relevant social following will help you in the following areas. First up, hire relevance to publishers. Social media is another place journalists and publishers often look when researching potential stories to cover. If you only have a handful of followers or worse, you won't have any social media pro uh, profiles at all. You'll seem irrelevant or not worth covering. On the other hand, if there are thousands of people already following and engaging with you, you'll appear more relevant and you'll have an easier time getting coverage. So we'll stop right there. And on the other side of the commercial break, we'll talk about the other two left, which is greater publication reach as well as new opportunities. Stay tuned for more on the Lisa Lewis Show.
My name is Jack, and you're listening to my mom on the Lisa Lewis Show. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to The Living Room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Welcome back, all of my movies and influencers. Today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show, and I am your host, Lisa Lewis. We're so very thankful to have you join us each and every Thursday exclusively on Toginet Radio. Well, we have another good one for you today. The topic for this downloadable Apple podcast is titled, How to Optimize a Startup. And before the break, we were talking about uh, social media following and how it's good for both your corporate brand as well as your personal brand in order to build a bigger social following. And so one of the first things we talked about on how to have a bigger, more relevant social following is higher relevance to um, publishers. And we were saying how social media is a place where journalists and publishers alike look for uh, potential stories in which to cover. And that if you are engaging, if you appear more relevant, then you'll have an easier time getting coverage. Next, we're going to talk about greater publication reach. Once a piece is published in a media outlet, you'll have the power to promote that piece further, giving you greater visibility and reputation values. The bigger your social media audience is, the better benefits you'll see from this. Simply sharing the new press release to a few thousand followers can instantly raise its traffic and popularity. Next, you'll have new opportunities. Once you hit a certain threshold, you'll find that new opportunities for media exposure will start representing or presenting themselves. Some of your followers will take note of your work and either ask you for an engagement opportunity or they may feature you in a work piece of their own. It's like putting your media exposure campaign on autopilot. (laughs) That's funny. Connecting with journalists. Early on, while you're still building your foundation, it's a good idea to strike up uh, relationships with journalists you feel might be relevant to your brand. A major factor for success in the media exposure world is the strength and reach of your connections. So the sooner you initiate these connections, the better. There are many places to look for journalists, some of which are more obvious than others. You can generally find their contact information on their respective publisher sites, but 
a better way to find them is to meet them through social networking sites or in-person networking events. You can even find them in journalist-specific meetups. They likely receive an overwhelming number of queries through their professional emails. So you'll stand out more if you meet them in person, face-to-face. You don't have to do anything special when starting a connection. Simply introduce yourself, ask them about their position and about their work, and leave the door open for future interactions. If you really want to stick in their memory, help them out in some way, or take them out for lunch or coffee in the near future. Next, we have um, creating a, a watch list. In addition to hunting down some journalists, you'll also want to create a kind of watch list for news sources and publishers who may wish to publish content related to your brand in the future. This will make things much easier when it comes time to shop around for a potential story. You don't need anything fancy here. A simple spreadsheet will do. There are four things you'll want to record in addition to any special notes you might have. First up is title. The title or URL of the publisher is a must for obvious reasons. Next, your niche. Take note of the niche the publisher occupies. This will help you filter your pitches in the future. For example, let's say SMB Sam is remodeling his entire coffee house. This is a, is a topic that fits especially well with local news sites. But let's say instead he's experimenting with a new blend of coffee, this would fit better with coffee specialists. Understanding the niche of each publisher will help you pitch more appropriately and increase the likelihood of your stories getting in front of the right audiences. Next is authority. You'll also want to note the relative authority of each publisher. Consider using a domain authority checker here. The higher the authority of the site, the more value you'll get from being featured there, but the harder it's going to be. I recommend you if you eventually sort your spreadsheet based on authority. When you first start out, you'll be circling the bottom of the list, but you'll gradually climb your way upward to the more valuable publishing opportunities. And we must talk about relationships. You may also want to take note of any special relationships you might have with the publisher such as a journalist you can contact or a method of engagement or submission that is of particular importance. If you're submitting your own work, editorial guidelines will also be helpful. This will become increasingly necessary as you engage with more publishers. Now we're gonna talk about leveraging the power of influencers. Finally, you'll want to start tapping into the power of influencers if you can. Influencer marketing is the process of engaging with noteworthy, high authority individuals, usually strong personal brands or other thought leaders in your industry. In order to gain exposure, 
of your authority and your brand. The best way to do this is through ongoing relationships with key influencers, such as regular conversations, content collaborations, or other exchanges of value. The earlier you scout for and build these relationships, the more power you'll be able to tap, especially later on. Influencers influencers will help your content and social media campaigns grow, multiplying the benefits of these foundational elements. They may also be able to help you find new journalists and new publishers as they tend to be well-connected in their respective industries. With all of these aspects in place, your foundation will be more or less complete. From there, you'll be able to start doing the work of attracting and creating media exposure opportunities. So next, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, phase two. We've talked about phase one. Uh, and then um, phase two starts with uh, collaborate with journalists and editors or become the journalist. Once you've got your foundation in place, you're ready to start communicating with journalists and publishers. Start by identifying which publishers to target. Um, I covered seven essential quality metrics for evaluating publishers in my article at Search Engine Land. One of these uh, Google page ranks has since been discontinued, but here, here are the other six that I was able to uh, tap into. First up is domain authority. Next, number two is unique referring domains. Number three, Alexa score. Number four, relevant. Number five, audience. And number six, quality. You may have already, you may already have an idea of which media outlets you want to get covered in. If not, Alexa.com has a fantastic list of publishers listed in order of the amount of traffic they get, and you can break them down by category. If you don't know where to start, then start here with this podcast and go over everything that we've talked about in phase one, as well as what we're going over in phase two, because there are so many different types of new outlets and many different ways you can approach your delivery of news content related to your company. These include writing and submitting your own press release, pitching a story, and collaborating with others in a joint venture. Um, I'll be exploring each of these in turn, and also I have explored these. Uh, I like doing some of the JV and connecting, you know, with other people because they have expertise that I don't have. And so when I did a joint venture with them, I was more able to um, get the event off the ground and it was more successful. Also next, we, we are going to talk about, the list is so long, we talked about blogging. I was going to talk a little bit about guest blogging, but um, I don't think I'll get into that. But let's talk about the traditional media and TV radio. Most of my tips uh, that I've talked about is focused on online publishers, which are the most prominent and generally the easiest to access. However, be aware that 
Most of the strategies uh, that we've talked about today includes pitching ideas and helping reporters with one-off contributions. And they can be applied to television and radio as well. These mediums are more appropriate for some brands, such as retail and traditional industries, than others, like startups and tech companies. Also, this is my uh, leeway to talk about how we would love to have uh, more uh, movers and influences on the show. Uh, we have um, someone that comes on monthly. Uh, Mr. Billy Alt, who is the founder and CEO over at 700creditrepair.com, and uh, he comes on and talks about credit, all things credit, and we love having him, so you'll want to go over to um, Apple Podcasts and in the search engine, put in the Lisa Lewis Show and go over there and enjoy all of those podcasts that we have uh, prepared for you all. I have to go in and, and push out more. We'll be pushing out more uh, this month of new content. However, um, please be, uh, please, please, please check his out because they're talking about credit and how you can change your FICO score. You know, your FICO score means everything when you're trying to purchase something, right? It doesn't mean anything if you don't need to purchase anything. But if you need to purchase something and then and you need a loan in order or to do it, then these uh, companies, such as mortgage companies, cars, yachts, boats, um, motorcycles, whatever it is that you want to get and you need a loan for, well, they're going to look up your credit report and see what your FICO score is and see if you are credit worthy. So if you're considering doing any of those things that I just talked about in the near future, or if you're heading out today, then you'll want to go over and check out 700creditrepair.com. Those lovely folks over there have a phenomenal team headed up by Billy Alt and the lovely Melissa Alt, and they'll be willing and able to take care of you. And also, they'll do a free consultation to all of my listeners. Just let them know that you heard it on the Lisa Lewis Show. So stay tuned on the other side of the break. Thank you for listening. studies show men are naturally capable of showing support to their wives. They just do it at the wrong time. According to Psychology Today, when it comes to life's everyday hassles, women say they are more supportive to their husband's stress. But studies seem to prove otherwise. Women react more quickly to their partner's stress than men do, very swiftly or lickety-whittle. But even though men don't always spring into immediate action, they do eventually offer support. Seems part of the problem is, while women are very adept at reading their husbands, they are not very straightforward with letting their spouses know how they feel. Often this just leads to feelings of hostility or swiddling. That can lead to a drop-down, drag-out-up scuttle. So here's a little advice for you guys out there. No woman has ever shot a man while he was doing the dishes. It's marching down. 
I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back, all of my movers and influencers. Today is Thankful Thursday here on the Lisa Lewis Show, and I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. We are so very thankful to have you join us each and every Thursday exclusively on Toginet Radio. Well, we have another good one for you today. The topic for this downloadable Apple podcast is titled, How to Optimize a Startup. And we have went through so many things on ways to optimize SEO, um, how to have brand and press releases, things of that nature. Now we are going to wind down and talk about ways to build links to a brand new startup. If done properly, you can get tons of new users to your website with a small marketing budget. The basic equation to SEO is simple. Find useful keywords to target. Ensure your website is optimized and build links. I won't be going over um, uh, the other two parts of the equation. So here are some SEOs that I thought that might help. (laughs) The SEO uh, um, section for newcomers can be daunting because you have to do your link building. However, Hopefully, some of the things that we've talked about earlier in the show will be of help to you. And so now we're going to walk through the five link building strategies that can get your startup ranking in no time. First up, number one, is run a PR campaign. Good old PR is still one of the best ways to build links to a website. You can get links from massive publications with a little bit of work. Coverage on these publications can also drive lots of new users to your website, regardless of links. The most important part of any public relations campaign is that you have something to talk about. When reaching out to reporters, make sure that you tell them why your company is different and why what you're doing is special. What does your app do different? What service are you providing that nobody else is? Another important aspect is picking the right reporter and getting their personal email. In most cases, pitching to a general support email will go unnoticed. Make sure they've covered a similar topic before and what you're saying is of interest to them. 
Once you have their email, you'll want to shoot an email to them saying something of the sort. You saw that they covered a similar article. You have a new startup that they may be interested in and then demonstrate why it's different from the others that they've covered. That's it. <laughs> now that you know the basic process, who do you want to pitch? There should be two levels to your public relations campaign for link building. Uh, local. Find relevant local publications that may be interested in covering your story. Local newspapers and blogs love covering things going on in their own hometown. For example, if Calendar Pro was based in Toronto, I might send emails to The Globe and Mail, Blog TO, and CBD. Category, strat, uh, category uh, specific. No matter what your startup does, there are more there there are most likely a number of blogs that can write about it. In my mind, Calendar Pro falls into two main categories, SAAS and business organization, right? There are hundreds, if not thousands, of websites which cover these types of topics. Think of tech.com, entrepreneur, and Forbes. Number two, sign up for Startup Lister. Startup Lister is a service which submits your startup to over 70 plus direct directories for a single price of $89. I don't know if that price has went up or not. Don't quote me on it. I know, I know people worry about building links from directories, but these are high quality listings that will benefit your website. Personally, aside from links, I've seen these listings drive a number of sign-ups to new startups. I believe this is a no-brainer for startups that will give your website a little kick in the butt and get you going. The websites they send to include VentureBeat, G2, Crowd, The Verge, and Forbes Technology. They also have higher price packages where they will do the PR and link building outreach for you to relevant industry blogs. While this isn't a complete replacement for doing PR yourself, if you, you're funded and have some cash to spare, it may be well worth it. And I am not affiliated with Startup Listener at all. Number three, competitive link building. The premise of competitive link building is pretty simple. Get a list of your competitors, find their backlinks, and try and duplicate them. Calendar Pro would have a number of competitors, but for this example, we'll use Calendly. To find a website's links, you'll have to get a, uh, a subscription to either AFREX or Majestic. These programs will give you a list of any website's backlinks. So that's, that's cool to know. Next, you'll want to reclaim brand uh, mentions. This link building tactic, tactic is more passive than the rest, but important nonetheless. It helps you pick up mentions of your startup across the web that may not have linked to the website. Those are golden opportunities for links. There are a few platforms which let you track your mentions. 
with the biggest ones being Mention and Google Alerts. The premise is simple. They'll send you a notification if your startup is mentioned. If there's no link, simply email the website or author and ask them to add your link. If you tell them you're starting out and it'll greatly benefit your business, chances are they'll add it. And there's more. <laughs> you can also add in your competitors to track them online as well. Similar to the competitive link building method, you can chime in and possibly get your link added as well. Then next up, number five, you'll want to create a free tool. For this tactic, you can either create a new tool from scratch or offer a free minimum version of your software. If you're a startup company, chances are you have developers who can create a small tool with ease. A free tool is considered a linkable asset and gives you a good reason to reach out to blogs. For Calendar Pro, an example would be to develop a free program where people can input their phone numbers to get text alerts before a meeting. A simple page with meeting time, number of alerts, and phone number. When the tool is developed, you can do another small PR campaign and reach out to relevant sources who would be interested. You can also search for free calendar tools on Google to find websites who may be interested in linking to the tool. People are more likely to link to a free product than paid. Also, the tool will get shared organically if it's useful. So, here are some of my parting thoughts. Media exposure manifests in so many different forms, it almost can't be categorized in a coherent, singular way. Press releases and guest posts are very different strategies, but they can be leveraged together as part of the same path to greater brand exposure. For a startup in the early stages of development with key customers and not much to build on other than a central idea, the approachability, cost-effectiveness, and scalability of media relations makes it one of the most effective marketing strategies you can pursue. Its power is multiplied even further when you use it in conjunction with other powerful online marketing strategies provided you're following basic and best practices throughout. There's no single list of takeaways I can leave you with here other than to keep in mind that everything in brand exposure and external publications boils down to your relationships. The better you build and maintain relationships with your customers, journalists, editors, and even the general public, the better you are going to fare. Media exposure is very much connected in a self-perpetuating feedback loop. So the more visibility you earn, the easier it will be to obtain future visibility. But the only way to gain that initial visibility is by instilling trust in your earliest of relationships. Maintain a brand and a strategy with integrity, remain passionate, and stay committed. The rest will come in time. 
So I hope this comprehensive podcast uh, that we've discussed um, has been helpful to you. We talked about digital marketing. We talked about link building and, of course, SEO for startup businesses. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Also, I want to just uh, leave you with uh, contact information on myself. (laughs) So you can always call our office at 210-240-8845. You can also check us out on LisaLewisCompany.com as well as MaryKay.com forward slash LisaLewis. Also, I wanted to let you know about two sponsors that we had for the podcast today. And we're always looking for new businesses who would like to sponsor us. Also, place ads on our um, hourly podcast that is featured here exclusively on Tokenet Radio every Thursday from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, also, uh, the, the, uh, our sponsors for today is 700creditrepair.com uh, with the founder and CEO, Mr. Billy Alt. I wish you all uh, the best and a speedy recovery. He had surgery um, a week or so ago, and we just know that we just want you to know that we love you and our thoughts and prayers are with you from the Lisa Lewis Show. So take care, and we look to having you on the show next month. And also, uh, you can check out, if you're ever traveling, you can go to uh, airbnb.com forward slash H forward slash Selling San Antonio. Stay tuned for more of the Lisa Lewis Show next week. Bye-bye. Remember, if it's Thursday, it's time to join Lisa Lewis from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time as we continue to explore key strategies that will provide a mind shift as well as a movement to become a game changer on this planet. Also, we provide the show archives on iTunes for all of our movements.